0: I'm Jim Ford,
1: and I'm Corwin Kroll,
0: and this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 86.
0: This is a Brightest Day episode, as most of you could probably tell since Corwin's here.
1: Yeah, it's the penultimate episode.
0: Yes, the one before the last one. (laughs) (laughs) For people that don't know what penultimate is.
1: If they're reading comics, they should know that one by now.
0: Indeed. Um... So we're covering issues fourteen through twenty.
1: Uh... <laughs> this is definitely a series that's going to be much better when you read all the issues back to back.
0: Yes, yeah, I and I will confirm that because that's basically what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Well, you know, like when I get them, I look through them. You know, I basically, you know, do like skim. a yeah, a quick skim. And then uh, read them all at once before we have to record. Uh, Usually directly before we have to record.
1: (laughs) That way it's still fresh.
0: (sighs) Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) That's exactly the reason, and it has nothing to do with me putting it off until the absolute (laughs) last possible minute.
1: Well, if you wait until the last minute, it only takes a minute.
0: Ah, there you go. Okay, so uh, starting us off with uh, Brightest Day number 14, which, right off the bat, like I, I want to start off with this cover. Did you get the, the regular cover?
1: I got the Batman cover, I'm not sure which is which.
0: Yes, that's the one. Now, th- well, this particular cover, they had been promoting for a while in the ads. So like, I don't know, I think as far back as like number 10 or so, mm-hmm. they were... You know, This was in all their ads, you know, Brightest Day, check this out. So I was definitely looking forward to this cover. Um, I like David Finch. Um, it is David Finch, right? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a great cover. Uh, the I know the character design of Batman as a White Lantern, you can debate that all you want, but I think it's cool looking.
1: And it's interesting too, because we got this cover before we even knew anything about, you know, the return of Bruce Wayne or anything that was going on over there. So, right. you know, a lot of people thought this was going to be probably his first reappearance or something. But um, my LCS also sells like both covers, so I can usually choose which cover I want. So right. sometimes I'm I'm not sure which one is the variant, which one's the regular anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, this and this this particular cover, they are making into an action figure. This White Lantern Batman,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's actually an exclusive to C2E2, which is happening now. Uh, the, the the one downside to this, and, and you know, I guess I'll mention this as we you know progress also, is now you have this like gorgeous image of you know a White Lantern Batman, It's very cool looking. Mm-hmm. But you have so much other stuff on this cover; it it, it almost it, like it takes away from the cover. You know what I mean?
1: You're talking about what, the Jeff Johns thing and the...
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, okay, you, obviously you have to have the title, and you have to have, like, you know, the barcode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got the Brightest Day up at the top, then you have the creators on top of the Brightest Day. You have the DC bullet point, and underneath that, the number and the price. Um, at the bottom, you know, corner, you have the UPC code. And that's typically what you would find on a comic, but then you also have the you know White Lantern Batman at the bottom. Like, really, who couldn't figure that out? <laughs> you know, like that's completely useless information. That's not helping anybody.
1: Hey, hey every issue is somebody's first
0: issue. <sighs> <laughs> I. Uh, but I mean, you look at this and you see, you're like, "Oh, it's White Lantern Batman." And let me read this at the bottom. Oh, it says White Lantern Batman. I mean, it's very self-explanatory. And then on top of that, you have and listen, I love Jeff Johns, but you know, to put this on the cover, 2010 Spike TV Scream Award winner, Jeff Johns, best comic book writer, and like a little you know circle right on the cover. I love Jeff Johns. And I think it's awesome that he wins these, these Spike Scream Awards. Uh, but could you please put it anywhere in the book <laughs> other than the cover? Like, really, who, who's going into a comic book store and, like, glancing through the, you know, the issues and seeing this? Ooh, this is written by somebody that won a Scream Award from Spike TV.
1: Well, maybe they maybe they saw it on TV first and said, okay, let me let me get something that this guy wrote if he's so popular. You know, I mean it's marketing. They got they got to move as many units as they can, so they've got to try any kind of methods they can to draw people in.
0: I suppose, but I don't know. It takes away from the the beauty of the cover. Now that being said, in the issue starts off with Dead Man, and uh, he the the white ring is is now kind of pulling him towards something and he's in gotham city and uh, he kind of he suits up into his dead man costume starts doing a bunch of acrobatics across gotham city because he wants to find batman he's pretty sure that you know batman's the key now that batman's back to life he'll be able to you know save the day
1: let me jump in for a second because in the third panel this is i think this is the first time the ring has actually said a replacement has been chosen So at this point in time, the ring knows who the replacement is, and I think since they're in Gotham, that's what made him think it was Batman.
0: Right. Well, the other thing is we don't actually know if a replacement has actually been chosen or if the ring is just screwing with Boston, (laughs) because it really does enjoy doing that. (laughs) So... Uh, Boston, you know, he's trying to find Batman, and in the process, he finds uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, bank robbers who look exactly like Captain Cold, and, uh, you know, he's, he starts trying to take them out, uh, then Q, Mr. Freeze comes in, just before he's able to get Boston Brand, uh, Batman kind of, you know, saves his butt, he has his back. Dead Man says, you know, well, you know, now that you're back, you're the one, you know, you're the smartest man on earth. Smartest man alive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, out of anybody, you're the one that's going to know. So he basically tosses the ring at Batman and says, there you go. It's all yours. Batman's not it. <laughs> we, we get a cool scene, but Batman is not the right person. And while Batman, while Boston doesn't have the white ring on, He gets shot by one of the, you know, one of Mr. Freeze's lackeys. And uh, while he gets shot, he's kind of like, you know, his life is flashing before his eyes. He flashes back to when he was a kid with his grandpa. Flashes back to when he was a teenager with a girl that he completely blows off. And he flashes back to the night that he actually died the first time. And he realizes how selfish he always used to be and... Never thought about anybody but himself. And now, you know, he realizes it's like, you know, now I want to live. And I don't want to live just for me. I want to live to help people and save people. And, uh, you know, the ring says, well, if you want to live, then do it. You know, start living. And resurrects him again. He's got the white ring back. Since he's now back to life, he's going to start living it to to its fullest. And the first thing he does starts kissing dove smart man absolutely
1: and, and then the ghost of christmas past appears oh wait wrong story what <laughs> <laughs> i was making a joke boston going over his life seeing his history
0: uh yes okay
1: okay that was a bad one uh, we'll edit that out
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping that in <laughs> But uh, the other thing is uh, Batman, you know, after getting this whole interaction with the White Ring, seeing everybody that was brought back to life, he kind of cues like a, I don't know, some sort of voice thing where I guess he's talking about Oracle or he's talking to Oracle or somebody, but he says, it's Batman. We need to talk about Maxwell Lord. So I guess apparently since he was either, either since he was dead and just came back, or you know, because of the White Lantern you know, ring interaction, he now knows about Maxwell. Maxwell Lord, and that's that issue.
1: And I love the title of this issue too: Acrobats. Ah, Acrobats. Acrobats. <laughs> One interesting thing too is once Batman gets the ring. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the ring talking or if it's Batman, but it says, uh, life on Earth, it's all connected like twisting roots in the ground, but the entire web was corrupted. Except for you, Boston, you are dead. You are pure. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting to see that, okay, it knows something is wrong and that there's some kind of corruption going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's interesting that Boston is like – he's like this cosmic exception. Because he was neither, you know, dead nor alive during the corruption.
1: And, okay, he he makes mention that he's back in his body right now, too. So, I don't know if you remember the Phantom Stranger, uh, Blackest Night one-shot, when they made this big deal about his body and they they left it in Nana Parat, or however you pronounce it. Right. I wonder if that's going to play, that's going to have anything to do with anything.
0: I'm pretty sure that, like, the White Lantern Rings like flew two different people's bodies in blackest night number seven or eight was it eight was, it
1: was, was eight that uh, last issue well was, yeah they were all fighting so i don't remember i mean i remember the ghost when boston was there he was still in his ghost form and then the ring came on him then he solidified so i don't remember oh maybe something we can, i'll look up afterwards we'll talk about the next episode what happened to his body if this is really his body or not but I remember them making such a big deal about his body and leaving it in Nana Parad.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, am going under the assumption that his body was transported, you know, to merge with his spirit or whatever.
1: Okay. N- now, this flashback with him getting shot and killed. Do you know anything about his history? This one-handed guy that shot him. I mean, is that any kind of mystery, or is that just canon? What?
0: Uh, I would imagine, well, one of his first cases as Deadman was to figure out who killed him. Okay. So I would imagine that that's probably, you know, all been... Solved. Yeah.
1: All right. Good issue. I'm loving the art on it. This is Rice, right? Right.
0: Heiss. Yes, Ivan Reese. (laughs) Yeah, like, out of all the issues that we read... Uh, this was definitely one of my favorites. Like, if they, if they started selling a book tomorrow about Boston brand and Dove, I would buy that hands down.
1: It it depends. Boston is cool. If he keeps the white ring, maybe, because it's the white ring that makes things really interesting right now. Uh, it's going to depend on what their direction is or what they're out to do. I mean, the Dove character, she's all right. Well, not much of a... Wasn't much of a DC reader before Green Lantern, so all these people are still kind of fresh to me, so... I don't know. All right, well, moving on. Brightest day number 15, whatever happened to the Manhunter from Mars? Yes. So we pick up sometime in the future, some many, many, many years on Mars and...
0: 25 uh, years in the future.
1: Well, there you go. Somebody's doing their homework. <laughs> Twenty-five years in the future, and the manhunter is now Lantern John Jones. He is the Green Lantern of the Sector, and he is quite happy with his family. And we get to see the Justice League. You know, you got Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, and Hal Jordan with his great temple. So everybody's older and everybody's aging. But everything is good. Everybody's happy. Mars is flourishing with its people back. And just things seem to be going good for John. He's really happy. And then for some reason his ring wakes him up and brings him to the body of Batman. So now there's been a murder on Mars and John's is trying to figure out what's going on. There are some hints left, you know, in Batman's body, some pearls. And um, next thing John knows, he's feeling another telepathic warning and he finds the rest of the Justice League pretty much slaughtered. One woman is hanging from her... hung by her lasso. Aquaman is dead in the desert. Yeah. Flash is running with no head. Wow, it's kind of gory if you really think about this, though. Yes. Um, Green Lantern's floating in space, missing his arm with his ring. So, John is just extremely upset, trying to figure out, you know, who killed the Justice League, what's going on. And eventually, he finds Superman... With a really interesting twist, they, they gave him a kryptonite mask. So Superman has been injured and he's wearing a kryptonite mask. I don't think I don't know if they've ever done if they've ever if they've ever done that before, but I thought that was a really nice touch. But um, well, actually he's not dead. Uh, John lifts him up to the sun and Superman starts to heal, and then they're trying to figure out exactly, you know, what's going on. Then for some reason we get a nice twist and John's end up stabbing Superman to death with a piece of kryptonite.
0: <laughs> that was weird. I, I mean it was just
1: out of nowhere. It was just like it was good. It was a it was a good shock, you know, even though at this point in time we all know none of this is really real, but it it, it was a good twist. It, it it surprised me. So once he stabs Superman, Superman's body falls to the ground and he falls like in between the operation tables where you have the rest of the Justice League, and then we get a nice two-page spread of a zoomed-out shot of everything, and the wounds on all the Justice League, when you line them up, their wounds actually spell out something. Uh, it spells out the Martian symbols for love and hate. So then Johns is kind of he's, – he's shaken by it, and as he flies off, all the Mar- people on Mars start to burn and he flies to his family, and then he, they start to burn, and then he figures it out that Decay is the one really behind it. So he breaks her illusion, and uh, that's pretty much how this, his story ends with this issue. And then we kind of cut to the Justice League headquarters where Firestorm shows up distraught because he says he's about to destroy the universe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be worried.
1: Well, you know, destroying the universe is not really a good thing. That would look bad on your resume.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, now th- with this issue, I think this is probably like my second favorite issue out of the batch that uh, we were reviewing tonight. Mm.
1: No, I think I like some of the upcoming Aqua War stuff better, but yes, this was a really good issue too.
0: Mm. Uh, now with this one, the well the between the two covers, they're both like uh, tributes. Uh, You have Whatever Happened to the Manhunter from Mars, which is a takeoff of Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or the more recent, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. Uh, And then the other, like, I don't know which one is the variant cover, but um, Martian Gothic. It's like a takeoff of American Gothic with uh, John Johns and T.K.
1: Oh, yeah, with the Pitchfork.
0: A Martian pitchfork.
1: Actually, let me just pull these up because I don't know why I'm acting like I don't have internet connection. <clears throat> but yes. I mean it was a good issue. It's a good issue. I, uh, I get a little bit taken back sometimes when we get these these kind of imaginary stories if there isn't really a point to it. But I think this is all this is all done to make John choose Mars as his home over Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, this... The one thing that I thought was very, like, interesting, style, you know, from a style perspective, is that, you know, this, this whole issue, for the most part, is drawn by Pat Gleason. Mm-hmm. Who has a very similar style to the, you know, current... Green Lantern artist... Doug Monkey. Doug Monkey, who was doing the... Uh, well, he did, like, the Green Lantern... What was it? The, uh, the Martian Manhunter Requiem.
1: Final Crisis, uh-huh. Yes.
0: So, like, stylistically, like, they're very similar. So this, like, you know, it, it is a very nice continuation from that.
1: Well, didn't they... Don't, didn't or don't they share a studio? For, at one point in time... The artist for Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps were working like literally side by side in the same room.
0: Yes, yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. So, and they also make reference to that that funeral issue in this in this particular issue. Uh, the now, like the the weird things are, you know, how like in the beginning, John has his you know Green Lantern uniform on, which I would definitely buy a figure if they made that figure.
1: <laughs> simple simple design, very solid and simple
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it though um, But then, you know, like later on when he's trying to figure out You know, where Superman is and, you know, who killed everybody He basically just kind of gives up the ring And, you know, reverts back to his, you know, his Manhunter costume To, you know, go on the hunt
1: Well, maybe, you know, maybe he can't kill or anything with the ring Maybe there's laws that he has to abide by, so he gives it up so he can do what he has to do. And if I had a Green Lantern ring, there's no way I would take it off when I go to sleep. I don't think I would ever part with my ring.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not.
1: I would actually, like, surgically, like, implant it in my body somewhere so it could never lose (laughs) or get it cut off. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, sorry.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's okay. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of the kryptonite mask.
1: Yeah, that was that was awesome. I've never seen anybody do anything like that.
0: Um, I don't understand the idea of the pearl bullets.
1: Well, remember when Batman, um, his mother, when his parents were killed, the her pearl necklace was broken and the beads and the blood were like symbols of what happened when he was in the alley with his two dead parents. Oh. Wow. So that's why they knew it was kind of personal.
0: Oh, that's oof, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, pearl bullets. Huh. Wow.
0: And uh, Batman is spelling out W-A.
1: Wake up, which is what ha- which is what all the Martians say as they're burning near the end. They all tell him to wake up, wake up. So his mind is fighting the illusion. Mm-hmm. What was the significance of love and hate? Is it just that him and decay or... How did you take
0: that? I think, well, at that point, I think it was still, like, her trying to pull, like, that that mind thing on him. You know, like, he, you know, it's something about, like, you know, maybe she was trying to impress on him that, you know, even though he loved them, like, he needed to hate them in order to love Mars more. Like, he had to totally turn his back on them. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure about that one.
1: Yeah. I miss Gleason.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny how they gave Hal the, the white sideburns again for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I touched on that as soon as I started. I was like, yeah, there he is back with the Grey Temples again.
0: Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, at the end of this issue... It's like, you know, you're totally caught up in the whole, you know, Martian Manhunter thing. And then they completely switch, you know, switch sides to Kongorilla and, you know, Starman. As uh, Firestorm kind of, you know, phases in.
1: Power's going out of control.
0: That final page with Firestorm is awesome.
1: Oh, the colors are beautiful. Yeah. He's
0: on fire. Now, one of the things that oh oh yeah, one of the things that's not addressed in this is like, if if John is a, uh, a Green Lantern now, what happened to all the other Green Lanterns of Earth? <laughs> Have they decided not to show up for this this event, or they're all dead, or something.
1: I who knows? Maybe they're just concentrating on the league itself, as representatives to John's connection to Earth. I don't know, maybe it's just extra stuff, more stuff that they'd have to actually try to explain in the story. So, they just kept it simple with the, I want to say, seven, two, four, six. Yeah, and himself would be seven. So, you know, they kept it the classic. The classic, uh, what's the cartoon called again? Super Friends. The Super Friends, yeah. Uh,
0: and the other thing was uh, in the Hall of Villains, where Superman, where they found, found Superman with the mask on.
1: Let me get there, huh?
0: Like, you can see, like, some of the villains that are, you know, ha- that they have locked up already.
1: Okay, oh, yeah, they're faint.
0: Mm-hmm. One is Despero. I, I see Despero clearly, and I see Starro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of them is Prometheus, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, I think that they were, like, drawn with people in mind.
1: Yeah, you you really can't tell some of these other people. Yeah. Prometheus the one with the little V V thing and helmet on? I think so. V on his chest? There's some chick. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Despero and Sorrow, those were like that.
1: Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. Maybe that's amazing with the stripes. No. I'm not familiar with a lot of these DC characters, so But good, solid issue.
0: Definitely. Okay. So what we are? Number
1: 17
0: now? 16. Um, yeah, in, uh, issue 16, uh, you have the two, two different covers, one starring Aquaman versus Aqualad, and the other, the Fury of Firestorm, Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Now, uh, and that's, that's interesting because those are the two stories that they focus on in here. Uh... You start off the issue with Firestorm, and, uh, oh, actually, you start off with Aquaman. <laughs> <about> to say. <laughs> <laughs> you start off with Aquaman, and he's, you know, talking to Aqualad, and, you know, how, oh, you're the one that has to, you know, do this. You have to take on your destiny. Your family, they'll, they'll be fine here. They'll be safe, but we have to go. And, uh, you know, he also finds out that his father, Black Manta, was the one that killed aquaman's son uh then you switch over to firestorm and you know he's with the i guess the jsa right now because mm-hmm. you see mr terrific and dr midnight and Atom, and yeah and the yeah the Atom. okay so i guess it's a jsa jla combined thing and they're they're trying to figure out what's going on with him um then you switch over to Deathstorm, who's, you know, kind of taunting the, you know, the Professor and uh, Jason's father. And, <laughs> yeah, that, that goes on for a little bit. Go back to Aquaman Aqualad. You know, Aqualad figures out his, his origin, uh, finds out that he is the, the son of... Black Manta and some other woman that was killed, and that he apparently has these powers because he was born in this Bermuda Triangle zone. Um, I don't know; it's it's a little little weird and confusing, but he's got. It, it
1: looks like it, it looks like they they dragged Manta and his pregnant wife off of their boat into their dimension. So since he was born in that dimension, is how he has the powers that he has.
0: But if they were stuck in the Bermuda Triangle, then how did Black Manta and his wife, you know, get into the Black the Bermuda Triangle?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. It looks like they – well, let me see.
0: I, unless somehow Black Manta accidentally, you know, opened, tripped up over into another dimension.
1: Yeah, that's probably what happened then. But he was – yeah, he was born over there and they experimented on him. And then Mara stole him away.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got this birthright with uh, a soldier's costume and soldier weapons. And he really doesn't want to, you know, do this. And he's, you know, he's kind of fighting Aquaman. You know, and Aquaman's, you know, is like, listen, like, we really need you to do this. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Let's go. And uh, cue back to Firestorm and... <laughs> He has to wait. He has to, you know, just kind of hang out for a while until Metamorpho comes around to, uh, you know, kind of act as a buffer. And while while he's waiting, you know, they, Jason and Ronnie, start arguing and they go boom. And <laughs> there's nothing there except for Firestorm now.
1: It's all black and they're just standing there. Yes. Now, I like how you skipped over the whole Deathstorm thing, because that was a really cool part of the issue.
0: It was. I, it was a good part, but I mean, as far as synopsis points, it's more of a discussion point than a synopsis point.
1: No, that's true. Point. That's true.
0: But, uh... So let's
1: get with the discussion.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, he leaves a gun on the table. Now, the first thing that, that springs to my mind is, when Deathstorm was created... Like, he, he jumped out of, you know, Firestorm, mm-hmm. and he was just there. And then he went and got, you know, Ronnie uh, Jason's father and uh, the professor. But he didn't start off with those. You know, so here no. he says, you know, it's like, you know, if the host that I'm bonded with dies, then that's how you can get rid of me. You know, like, when he started out, he wasn't bonded with a host, so... Well,
1: you know he's pulling the dude's chain. He's, he's, he's messing with him.
0: I th- yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel that's true, but in that case, why didn't he give him bullets?
1: Because <laughs> he... well, he's a Black Lantern, so of course he feeds on emotion. So he's just screwing with the guy to make him feel different things, so he can eat, I guess is the proper term. But he gives, uh, oh gosh, I can always get their names confused. Jason, no, Ronnie. Which one's the black kid? Jason. Jason. Yeah, he gives Jason's dad a gun, and he's like, you know, your whole life you've been selfish. You know, here's your chance to do something unselfish. Here's a gun. If you kill, if you shoot yourself, you'll kill me, which will save your son. So he's like, how much do you love him? And he gives him the gun, and dude tries to pull the trigger, but of course, there's no bullets in there. Which, which made him really mad. It was, it was a really jerkish thing to do.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That does power him up.
1: And he's still got that corrupted White Lantern battery that he's carrying somewhere. But yeah, good issue. The Aqua, aqua Lad and Aquaman fight was pretty good. You know, he's trying to... I think he's doing what any normal teenager would want to do when faced with this responsibility. He doesn't want to do it. He just wants to go home. But, uh, you know, after his little tussle with Aquaman, he finds the courage and he gets a cool little splash page where he's in his uniform and waves are going. It's a beautiful page. I wonder, wonder how much they probably sold that for.
0: <laughs> probably quite a bit of money.
1: Yeah. Ivan Reese.
0: This is Ivan Reese's artwork? Yes. Yeah.
1: Let me see who the artist are. Prado is the dude doing the the Firestorm. Scott Clark. I don't know what Scott Clark did. I
0: think Scott Clark and Joe Prado are doing the Firestorm stuff.
1: Okay. okay. But yeah, I'm um, good. She was just chugging ladder right along. There isn't anything too too deep or too too much to read into with these issues. they just been kind of straightforward.
0: Yeah. This this one is more of a. I, I feel like this is more of a background kind of. You know, like a, like. Not a filler issue, but, like, a fill-you-in issue.
1: The exposition.
0: Right. Um, you know, I think, like, like, here we find out that uh, Siren isn't Aqualad's mother. Yes. Because that was definitely, you know, highly speculated. That, that's basically how they, you know, made it seem. And In fact, his both his parents are human, but he was experimented on, you know, by the you know, Bermuda Triangle people.
1: Does, what do you call them, Zebelians, then, if they're from Zebel?
0: I, yes, I would call them that. (laughs) (laughs) That works. Uh, What did you think, like, now, the last, uh, the last page, there's nothing except for Firestorm on Black. Mm -hmm. What did you think was going to happen, like, when you're reading this, did, were you thinking it's like oh crap like how is he going to restart the universe or what were you what was going through your mind?
1: I had no clue what to think. It was just like okay, what the hell just happened? Did they I think it trans well we'll find out eventually. They just kind of shifted to somewhere else cuz I I didn't think there was any way that they'd let him they'd let that happen, him destroying the whole universe. But I was I was anticipating I was kinda ticked too when the issue ends it's like oh I gotta wait for the next issue now.
0: Yeah. Thankfully it's only two weeks between issues.
1: Yeah. But it was it was it was a good cliffhanger. I mean this really was a really good, well thought out cliffhanger. And I gotta say the colorist too for the firestorm parts, they they make bright seem bright. I mean, they excellent job. Second to last page, when he's on fire, he's looking like the Human Torch. I mean, that's just some beautiful colors.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Which, you know, you you bring that up, and it reminds me from the last issue, the Martian Manhunter issue. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I thought was odd with that was, like, there were a couple of times where, uh, especially in the beginning, like, um, and one of the first couple of pages, John's like the the Martian rock on his chest is glowing yeah. red. I don't understand the the reasoning behind that. I don't understand why the Martian rock would glow. Good point. So.
1: I I see it now, and it's mainly when he's wearing a Green Lantern uniform. Later on, they don't even emphasize it at all.
0: So, I mean, like, I don't dislike it. I think it's an interesting effect.
1: But is there a point to it?
0: Exactly. I don't know. I mean, like, you, you could be right. It could just be, like you know something like an effect of the ring like the ring is lighting it up itself
1: and here's the other thing now once we after 15 we don't i don't think we see him again all the way till 21 which we're not even going to do in this in this episode but man what six six issues later they pick back up with him uh, i think in some places the they they drop the pacing of keeping up with characters, the pacing of the series as a whole, I think, starts to fall off a little bit near the end here.
0: Well, yeah, it's like they're spending more time with each character per issue.
1: Yeah, but even that, you get six issues before... Well, we'll, we'll go through them, and we'll see when Manhunter shows up again since issue 15, but well, it's a long time before we get back to him.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's true. Um, although, to be fair, like he wakes up and... You know, it's like, you know, he's, now he's pissed. So while it's kind of a cliffhanger for his story, you know, by the same token, like, they kind of wrapped up that whole him being disillusioned that, you know, Mars was back to life.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, wrapped up the the corruption from decay.
0: So now Mm -hmm. issue 17.
1: Yes, brightest day seventeen. We've got two covers. These are the white, the, the the white covers with the symbol and then the characters. So there is a Firestorm cover and a Aquaman cover. And I ended up getting the Aquaman cover because my LCS sells them for the same price. So I uh, I picked the Aquaman cover. But uh, we start somewhere, as the the caption says, and Ronnie and Jason are in complete darkness trying to figure out what's going on until uh one of them figures out that the darkness is moving. And then they kinda realize that they didn't destroy the universe, but they're surrounded by an army of shadow demons. And then he Firestorm casts his light even brighter and kind of blasts them away. So of course once you know there's shadow demons involved, they figure out that they are in the antimatter universe. And then they hear from the White Lantern and they go flying towards a planet. Meanwhile we cut back to Deadman and Dove and uh Dead Man is making cheeseburgers for breakfast again. Eggs and cheeseburgers. That's that's some diet. But uh let's just say Dead Man has bedhead and the two of them are very happy as he dons a very <laughs> a very dove like apron as he washes dishes. <laughs> Not very manly there, Boston. Not very manly at all. Anyway, cut to Zamaron where we get a little bit of crossover with Green Lantern where uh Hawk Hawkman and Hawk girl and uh Hawkman's mother in law, I guess you would say <laughs> arrive on Zamaron where Carol Ferris is riding the Predator and going off into war. I mean it's a very, very cool, very fun scene plenty of pink but there's a big war going down i'm surprised they didn't give this war a name like like the other war we're gonna see soon (laughs) but um they're definitely throwing down on Zamaron for the fate of the hawks boston decides he's going to visit his grandfather since he saw the vision and he felt well he felt bad for being a jerk which he really was at the point in time but his uh grandfather's very happy to see him so it's kind of a touching moment there and he decides he's gonna. Well, his grandpa's reminiscing about. You know, he used to ride a motorcycle, and he has a picture of his late wife on there. And he was saying how happy he was <clears throat> riding the Harley. And Boston's like, "Well, who said that was your last ride?" So we got interesting things coming up. Uh, big war once again on Zamaron, and <laughs> the the coolest thing with this war on Zamaron is the fact that we have the Green Lantern connection. We have the Predator, and then. The queen, the. I want to call her Shayera, but that's not Shea. It's Her name's Kea? Kea? Uh, Kaya?
0: Kaya?
1: Kia. K-H-E-A. Uh, the predator senses something about Kia, and he says, he smells a black heart that needs my light. Um, he says, your heart is devoid of love. You care for no one, not even yourself. Power is all you love, absolute power. Let us see if you truly are able to weld it. <laughs> So the Predator then merges with her, and now we have a female version of the Predator, and that was an awesome, awesome scene. And then the issue ends with Boston Brand giving his grandfather a ride in the sidecar of a motorcycle, and uh, Boston makes a a white uh, construct ramp and sends the motorcycle flying off the ramp. (laughs) And then he's enjoying himself. I mean, his grandfathers are happy, and they're just smiling away. And then, then the power ring, the white ring, says power levels 1%, 2%, 3%. So the ring starts charging, and that's how the issue ends. Uh,
0: now, now two things right off the bat. One, now this, this white ramp, is it going to be around forever so that some other, you know, complete crap villain is going to harness the power of the ramp? <laughs> he able to make anything he wants from that ramp?
1: Well, well maybe maybe he'll dissipate it. I mean, maybe he can choose whether it it stays or goes.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Cuz uh, I mean when, when he left that net behind he wasn't in a rush to leave. I don't think he gave it two thoughts.
0: Yeah. Uh the other thing is uh you know, the power levels are increasing because now he's like he's really living life and he's really enjoying himself, right?
1: Yeah, you just feel like something bad is going to happen.
0: Well, no, like, my point is, uh, earlier in this issue, you know, they kind of imply that some some things happened between, you know, and Brand and Dove the night before.
1: Yeah, he has Bedhead.
0: Yeah, well, you would think that if he was, if, if powering the White Lantern Ring was all about living life and enjoying yourself... <laughs> That it is should be fully like, charged no. by now. <laughs> uh, uh
1: well maybe uh, it's not a, just about his well, he's making Dove happy, so that is her life too. Yeah. Good okay. point.
0: So I mean I think that that that's uh that's a plot point that I I guess I can overlook, but uh <laughs> just it it bore pointing out.
1: Maybe it's the uh the apron kind of drains the power. just takes his manly hood away.
0: <laughs> in the beginning with uh, Firestorm, it's Ronnie that realizes that they're in the Anti-Monitor universe because he's already been there
1: before. Oh, yes. Crisis on Infinite Earths.
0: So, and they take off for Quad.
1: Which uh, which you guys already covered in a pre- recent issue of Green Lantern Corps where he shows up there during his search. So yeah. this is where he's coming from and that's where he ends up
0: got the whole thing on Zamaron.
1: Did you did you see that coming?
0: What as far as them ending up on Zamaron?
1: No, the Predator granting his power to uh, the queen.
0: Uh, you know, like when I I guess in this issue, when I saw, you know, like Carol ride in with the Predator, you know, I I think it kind of did start to occur to me. Before it actually happens. It's like, wait a second. You know, the Predator goes into people that are completely devoid of love. And now we have, you know, this this bitch, basically.
1: <laughs> no better way of saying it.
0: It's like, she, yeah, she'd be a prime candidate for that.
1: And I mean, it, it, it's just like, this whole time, though, Carol's just been with the Predator, and it's been like her pen. I mean, she's riding, riding on the back of it, and you... you it, you wouldn't expect for it to just I mean, it just turned. It just like literally threw her off. I mean, Carol goes flying once it realizes it smells something, and it just goes to show you that this thing is completely unpredictable.
0: I like the I like the grandfather scenes. That part's great.
1: Yeah. And once again the coloring is just the coloring on this is just awesome. His his spots, you know, the,
0: the color, <laughs> liver, spots. liver
1: spots, yeah, I mean Just beautiful art beautiful coloring with that but there we go the ring starts charging which makes me question some things that, that have happened in the past in the beginning of this series you know the things boston tried to do before and then the ring wasn't charged so maybe now he can get away with doing some new and different things
0: indeed um and uh oh yeah like we had talked about with issue 14 the, the, you know, White Lantern, you know, basically starts right off at the, ba- the, the top, telling Firestorm that Boston Brand has not found the champion yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess that's kind of like, uh, you know, telling us that, I don't know, like, I guess that could work in conjunction to, you know, what it had said before is, a replacement has been chosen. So a, re- a replacement had been chosen at that point, maybe, but Boston still hasn't found it.
1: Right, and well, he hasn't found it, but maybe he needed to charge the ring first, which is why he needed to live life, as the ring says.
0: Right. I don't know. At this point, I'm still kind of thinking that he hasn't found the replacement yet because he didn't he didn't have it in himself yet, and that maybe he is the the person that he's looking for—that's
1: a possibility. I mean, it would really suck for them to just introduce a completely new, different character we've never seen before to suddenly <laughs> be this champion. But I don't know. Johns and Tomasi, they are not gonna—they're not. I don't think they're gonna throw a curveball at us like that. I think they're gonna hint things and give—you know—when when the answer comes, I don't think we're gonna be too too surprised about it.
0: Uh, we'll see we'll see I I don't know like I well I feel like there's there's definitely gonna be the new champion but then there's gonna be a protector of the champion right oh. so there's really like there's there's two this like kind of like two characters that are gonna be brought about from this you know whether or not Boston is one of them or not I don't know but I I feel like there's somebody that's going to you know like there's the replacement for the you know the life entity and then there's somebody that's supposed to protect him and boston has to find his replacement you know or whatever to start protecting this entity for when the dark entity comes around or something
1: okay maybe once they find this person the protector won't be needed anymore them. Isn't that the point?
0: I don't even know now. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's very, it's very mysterious, and you know they're, they're not giving everything away yet. So, so the last thing that I'm gonna touch upon is on the very last page. Mm-hmm. When they're flying into the sky with the the Harley, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of doves flying around them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a John Woo movie. That's a good point. <laughs> a very good point. Come on, Jim, you didn't laugh when, when Carol got thrown off the Predator. I mean, look at that panel.
0: Oh. <laughs> I, you know, I almost didn't catch that because it, it was such a weird scene. It's like, wait, did that just happen?
1: Oh, I, I find that so hilarious. I mean, it is hilarious. All right. <clears throat>
0: okay. Um. Oh, yeah, this... Issue, wow. Issue eighteen. God, when I when I when I read through this issue at the end, I was pissed. <laughs> oh man, I was pissed. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay, you start off with uh, Digger, something Harkis, or I think. Yeah, whatever. Boomerang Man,
1: Captain oh, Boomerang. No. <laughs> what is this Mega Man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ah, okay. So, Boomerang... (laughs) I can't even say it now. I can't even say it wrong!
1: (coughs) Captain Boomerang. Uh,
0: Captain Boomerang is uh, duking it out with Iceman. (laughs) From the rogues. Um, Captain Cold. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) They know who I'm talking about. Uh, But, you know, they're like, you know, why... Captain Cold is basically saying, why in the hell did you free Reverse Flash? You know, that's like a really stupid thing to do. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I want to, I want answers. And I figure since he was also brought back, and he's from the future, maybe he would be able to tell me. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't tell. Him. He just, but, you know, Digger knows that he has to throw a boomerang at Dove. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> because Hawk, Hawk's been brought back to life to stop the boomerang.
1: Maybe Hawk's going right? to kill him before he can throw the boomerang. Uh,
0: we'll see, but I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of hope for for a Hawk.
1: <laughs> Cannon Fodder. I,
0: I, like I said, I think I've I've used this this exact same thing where it's like Pleasantville and Hawk is like the husband who gets completely phased out by the very end. He's just there to illustrate, you know, somebody that there's just no place for in the DC universe anymore.
1: So who's who's going to be the agent of chaos for to balance out Dove and her chaos or agent of order?
0: Well, I think I don't think she's going to be the agent of order. Ah. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so I you got a couple of little you know flash scenes. You know, Boston is calling Dove. You know, it's like, um, yeah, something bad's happening. Something weird is happening. The ring is finally charging up. Uh, you flash over to Mera. She's recruiting Aqua Girl.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Aqua Lass. Whatever. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I really, like, when she's like, Lorena, I need your help, I had absolutely no clue who she was.
1: I had assumed at this point in time.
0: <laughs> I'm like, it's like, is this this Aqualad's girlfriend, or... I don't know. Uh, now, the Death Storm is handing the White Lantern to whoever was commanding him.
1: Big dude.
0: Big dude. <laughs>
1: the White Lantern is yours, big dude.
0: And then uh, we flash over to Zamaron, where the this hawk love war is going on. The title of the issue is Easy Come, Easy Go. <laughs> Now you have the Hawks. They're fighting the, the Predator, as in you know, Hawkman's mother-in-law, which I could as easily say Hawk Girl's mother, but I think it's funnier when you think of her as a mother-in-law, in-law. <laughs> the
1: evil in-law.
0: Yes, the super evil in-law, <laughs> completely devoid of love. <laughs> the first thing she does is crystallizes uh, Carol Ferris, so uh, she's like dropping like a stone because she is in the stone, and, uh, Hawkman goes after her, Hawkgirl, no, Hawkman goes after the Mm -hmm. mother-in-law, Hawkgirl goes after um, Carol, Carol. grabs her love sword that she created, which is is actually pretty cool, I like the love sword, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Hawkman, he's, you know, really pissed off, he's like, you know, we're gonna get you, and, you know, she's like, well, how are you gonna do that? And, he takes his his clawed hand
1: glove of horse.
0: Yes, which with the shard of their original bones that powered the original Star Sapphire battery and uh, basically like, you know, digs it into her chest about to, like you know, like he was gonna rip out her lower intestines. <laughs> Meanwhile <laughs> at the very same instant, Hawk girl comes at her from behind with the love sword and uh, you know, stabs her, and that that in and of itself doesn't kill her, but it does get the predator out, and then all the bones that made up that travel gate between universes
1: the the previous all, bodies of the Hawks, the, the Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Yes,
0: yeah, so those bodies come to life, um, <laughs> like a, like a thriller music video. <laughs> and they, they start coming after the mother-in-law, and they they grab her, and they kind of like form a, a, a skeleton cocoon around her, and then it gets taken into the battery, um, I guess, to power the battery, or for safekeeping, or...
1: So now we have a second person trapped in a power battery. Central power battery.
0: Who else is trapped? Mongol. Oh, yes.
1: He's trapped in the yellow one.
0: Good catch. I forgot about that. So, yeah, so he's being... She's being held captured, captive in the love battery. They didn't really go into it after that, so it's kind of nebulous. You know, you don't really know what's going on there, but... uh, Regardless of all that, Hawkman and Hawkgirl mission accomplished, their life is returned, they flash white in their White Lantern costumes for a second, and, uh, you know, they're like, you know, what happened? You know, what happened? And Carol Ferris says, what happened? And, uh, you know, Hawkman's like, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with this, you know, shard on my claw. And Carol's like, mm, I think it had more to do with, you know, your true love. And Hawkman's like, oh, don't don't feel bad, you. You know, it's like you know, chin up, champ. Just got Hal, and she's like, you know, it's never gonna be like you guys. And she's like, you know, just picture wherever you want to be, and I'll transport you there so I can be alone with my little Hal hologram. <laughs> <laughs> A flash to Deadman, you know. Dub is flying at top speed to him to uh, to try and help him out. But uh, power levels hit 99% and then 100%, and he gets completely charged up to uh, 100%. He turns into a White Lantern costume, and he just kind of blasts off like Cannonball from the (laughs) X-Men, flying towards St. Roach, the Stone Chat Museum, which is the one place where Hawkman and Hawkgirl decided that they wanted to go back to. And they're, you know, they're just like, you know, like, so happy that now the curse is broken. They can just enjoy life and be together and grow old together. And uh, they kind of start, you know, tearing off each other's uniforms, you know, Ball
1: trying to Wow, wow.
0: Yes. <laughs> the <department> said, <laughs> they can't get enough of each other. They, you know, they're just like, you know, embracing and kissing and. And Hawkman says, "I love you more than life itself." And bam! <laughs> That's when Deadman, White Lantern, Deadman appears on the scene, and the uh, the White Bat, you know, the White Ring is saying, "It's like what a strange thing to say."
1: Cop blocking.
0: Yeah, really. It's like very voyeuristic. <laughs> and uh, Deadman, he can't really control what the ring is doing. But uh, the ring, you know, says, it's like Carter Hall and Shiera Hall of Earth. You must live life separately to live life stronger. And, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, screw that. (laughs) We've spent countless lifetimes apart because of a freaking curse. You know, hey, you know what? This is is it. This is our final lifetime. We're going to spend it together. And if you don't like that, you know, you can go sit and spin. And the White Lantern, you know, battery, ring, whatever, is like, so be it. And it turns them to dust. And they just kind of get blown away by the air.
1: Shame. After all that heartache and headache of finally freeing themselves from the curse and they can be together and love each other, the jerk of a White Ring decides to turn them to ash. Yep. So wrong.
0: I was pissed, you know, like the this the the Hawkman Hawk Girl storyline. Uh, it had its ups and its downs, but one of the one, one of the things that that happened was I started well during Brightest Day <laughs> on my DVR. I have had saved for I don't know about a year the the Smallville Justice episode. You know, that, I don't know, it was like, I guess, a two-hour episode. It had Hawkman, it had, like, the whole J- Justice Society of America.
1: Mm-hmm, seen it.
0: Yeah, I had never watched it up until, you know, a few months ago. I said, you know what? I've been putting this off for a very long time. You know, let's finally watch it. And Lauren watched it, too. And she she liked the Hawkman character. And so I started telling her, like you know, their story, what had happened to them and like what's been going on with them in brightest day. And like, this was the first time ever that she was really actually intrigued by a comic story as I was telling it to her. So she's like, you know, that's really interesting. She's like, you got to tell me what, what happens. You got to keep me posted. She's like, I, I actually am really interested in, you know, finding out, finding out more about this. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, awesome. It's like, I finally have something that my wife is interested in. You know, like, if this keeps up, I might actually be able to get her to read some of this. (laughs) And then this issue happens. And how does it end? It ends with the two characters that could possibly get my wife into comics blowing away in the dust. God. Come on, DC. Come on
1: they they've gotta build you up just to break your heart,
0: oh man
1: that was rough <laughs> yeah it was the it was definitely one of those w t f moments i mean what 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 could you what what possible reasoning could there be behind that you know it was just like a terrible and the worst part is it's just you're actually happy for them, you know they're they're together yeah. they're they're in love, they're kissing they're ready to get it on, and Boston just kind of breaks it up, and then the ring just spoils their the rest of their lives you can say, and they were crying too before they're reaching for i mean they played it up really good and sad Because they they're reaching for each other, they're getting engulfed by yeah. the white light and as soon as they touch and poof
0: yeah it was it was actually very cinematic and you know it was very tragic so for them to be able to create a scene like that it's it's definitely well done it's just that you know for for a story idea it's just like you know why did you do that <laughs> but uh the way that they die I think is significant and I think you pointed it out on the forums.
1: Somebody somebody well it doesn't hit until issue 21 which I was talking about before Martian Manhunter that there is something going on with that which we'll wait until we finish issue 20 the last issue and then we'll touch on uh we'll touch yes. on what's probably really going on behind the scenes with it. But uh before we leave this issue have you been reading the Flash? This whole thing they're talking about with uh, Captain Boomerang and Reverse Flash. Have you, you know, what's going on there at all?
0: Oh yeah. Um didn't they did they touch on that in, in this issue at all?
1: Yeah, cuz well you're telling me that well, Cold says uh, he freed Reverse Flash.
0: Oh well, no, I mean like uh did they touch on that in any other issue of Brightest Day? Mm,
1: not that I know, but I'm not reading the Flash. Uh, but no, okay. not not in Brightest Day, nothing.
0: Yeah, you know, oh. God, I <laughs> I couldn't remember where I read it in. I, I have been reading the Flash.
1: It's in the um, got to be in the Flash. I'm pretty certain.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if it was also in Brightest Day, but apparently one of the things that happens is um, Captain Boomerang. He goes to you know Professor Zoom, who's you know in his you know confinement, being stuck upside down in you know giant braces so that he can't move at all. And he starts talking to him he's like, you know, listen, he's like, you know, I know that, you know, everybody's going to hate me if I let you out, you know, like if I, if I let you free, then there's no going back to the rogues. He's like, but I have to know what, you know, what my purpose is, why I was brought back. You know, he's like, there's no real reason for me to be brought back. So why was I brought back? And I figure since you're from the future... You know, you would be able to tell me. Now, Reverse Flash, he's already gained his life back at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. For um, for bringing Flash out of the Speed Force,
0: right? So, you know, so he doesn't he doesn't even care. He, like he doesn't factor into Brightest Day anymore after this, because Captain Boomerang wants these answers. You know, he creates one of his Black Lantern boomerangs. And he destroys the, you know, mechanisms that are keeping, you know, reverse flash. I I said Captain uh, uh, Zoom before. Yeah, it's actually Eobard Thorn. Um, he frees him and Thorn is like, basically, he doesn't give him any good information. I think he basically tells him, like, you know, you're going to die, um. And you freeing me was probably the stupidest thing you've ever done, ever. <laughs> you know, so long. <laughs> and then he's out of there. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Captain Moomerang, you know, he, he takes a risk thinking that, you know, maybe Thorn would give him some sort of useful information. It was a very bad risk. And uh, he walks away with nothing.
1: Now you're saying he created – he creates black construct boomerangs?
0: Oh, yeah, that explode on contact.
1: Okay. Well, that's cool. He doesn't have to wear run boomerang strapped all over him like he used to. Right. Ah, interesting.
0: I didn't realize that that wasn't touched on in this at all.
1: Nope. Nothing. Just this little comment right here at the beginning, and then that's it. I don't even think we've seen him in this issue aside from when uh they all got their purpose, their missions –
0: yeah, I guess certain issues are just kind of melding together, so... <laughs> I was reading the Brightest Day issues of Flesh, and I guess it paid off.
1: <laughs> Alright, so... my turn now, right?
0: I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lost track. <laughs> Let's go with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I interrupted you with the... With the, uh... Dead man cop blocking. But, um... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> okay brightest day number 19 uh two covers one covers with uh black manta and another cover is a big zoom-in shot of black manta's mask or his red eye and in the reflection you see aquaman and siren throwing down ah uh, issue kicks off we're back at state roach with a. Uh, Dead Man quite upset at the White Lantern Ring for vaporizing the Hawks. Um, he even tries to get the ring off, but once again, the ring says it's all part of the plan. Um, interesting stuff. The world has been slowly poisoned for century by mankind, and Necron's attack heightened the combination of Earth's life web, its very soul. Soon this corruption will rise in the form of a dark avatar, and it will seek out the forest I created. So – Something is definitely on the horizon um, the, the ring goes more into why it brought back these 12 people They all have different purposes that serves a whole And we get a really cool scene with the earth And the the. it says the essence is essential in saving the, Well, this, uh, the life force must be purified Because their essence is essential in saving the earth's soul And then it's this really cool scene We see this big black lantern-y shadow rising and it has a black lantern symbol on its chest and it destroys the earth the earth will die so uh the ring once again is it's giving boston the reason for the mission it's enforcing him it's enforcing his decision of what it has to do and what needs to be done so basically tells boston he has no choice and teleports him away then we hit up uh, aquaman and aqualad uh swimming Towards the Bermuda Triangle to see if Aqualad can seal it up But uh, before they even get there They're attacked As the Z- as Siren and the rest of the Zebels Or Zebelians, or however you say <laughs> they, they come rise out of the ocean And they just start slaughtering all the humans on the beach So Aqualad, Aquaman and Aqualad have to throw down with them And uh, Siren mentions that Mera is dead That they've killed her And Aquaman gets really ticked and tries to kill Siren, but before he can, out of nowhere comes Black Manta, and he literally chops off Aquaman's hand. (laughs) The issue ends with that scene, and a pretty ironic line is Black Manta says, what are you crying about, Aquaman? You should be used to that.
0: (laughs) It's like deja vu all over again.
1: I'm telling you, and and I love how they set it up because you have the whole thing with Siren and Aquaman, and Aquaman about to you know pierce her with the with his spear, and as soon as you turn the page, it's just a full full page splash of Black Manta coming literally out of nowhere and just taking off Aquaman's hand. I mean this this ending gave me the same feeling what well a little bit even a better feeling of when of even when a uh, firestorm thought he destroyed the universe i mean this ending was just like it just hit you in the gut
0: yeah, yeah yeah like it's like come on it's like you can't just let him have a regular hand for more than a handful of issues <laughs> it's like the go-to uh. thing now you know oh Aqu- aquaman's back better rip off his hand.
1: <laughs> and even even just his quote at the end of it all, he's like, you should be used to it by now. I mean, it's yeah. just... Oh, good drama.
0: Fairly metatextual there. <laughs> um, the one thing that I want to go back to, with the whole, you know, all the people that were brought back to life were brought back for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: it shows some of them, you know, Maxwell, Lord, Jade, Martian Manhunter. Well, Martian Manhunter is, you know, way in the back. But, uh, you know, Hawk. Here you know, he says, like, you know, some of these people were just given, like, minor tasks. And then there were others that had much larger roles to play. Mm-hmm. And the people with the much larger roles are Martian Manhunter, Firestorm, the Hawk, you know, Hawkman and Hawkgirl, and Aquaman and now hawkman and hawk girl as we see from last issue they you know were turned into dust blown away into the air
1: and that in turn purified their life force them accomplishing their mission and breaking the curse right. purified their life force yes. is what he says
0: so you know you have this you know two two of them but you know really like one story that we've been following and, you know, because they accomplished their mission, their life force is purified, and they're apparently one of this, you know, one of the five that are very special. And I, we'll touch upon that again next issue.
1: And, and it's funny, too, because Boston even says, you know, you're going to kill the others, too? And the ring doesn't even say yes or no, it just says their life force must be purified. Yes.
0: So, it is, you know, it, it is uh, mysterious at this point, we'll say.
1: Well, it, it's hinted. If you really take a good look at what's going on, it, there are hints right there in your face. Absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, the Aqua War. <sighs> aqua War. <laughs> now, listen, I love the art, I love the coloring. Uh, I think it's a very, you know, interesting fight. Uh, I like the Black Manta thing, where he, you know, I like. I don't like the fact that Aquaman got his hand chopped off again, <laughs> but it was out of the blue and it was definitely shocking. You know, it, this this was definitely a good issue.
1: That, that's that, that's Jeff Johns just jerking around the fanboys. He's just he's just <laughs> he's just trying to tick people off.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing, the only downside I would say to this issue is that. The, the whole aqua war scene seemed to go very quick.
1: It's an aqua skirmish.
0: Yes. And that, that's really what it is. <laughs> it is an aqua skirmish. Yeah, this is kind of like, you know, every time you put war, you know, on the cover, it's like, uh, it's rarely a war. It's usually a battle, you know, a, a skirmish, you know, something of an event. But I mean, a war would signify something much larger. Like... World War Three, spinning out of 52.
1: The Sinestral Corps War.
0: Yeah, the, the Sinestral Corps War, that I can buy because it was a war and it was many battles fought on different fronts. hmm So, like, that one I'll buy. But, you know, this, it was a battle fought on a beach.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, disappointing for the name definitely not <laughs> yeah not a war
0: and, and this, once again you have you know it's right there on the cover it's like aqua war like you know people are expecting a war
1: it was disappointing and did you did you realize like how many splash pages yes it just seems like we have a lot of big panels big splash pages big double page spreads it made the issue go away really quickly but it's beautiful definitely beautiful issue 20 Before we do that, let's jump back to this avatar. This. uh, Oh, the the dark dark avatar. avatar. Do you think there's any significance to the star that they're showing in this image? They show, which I'm guessing is the Earth, as a black circle with a white star on it, and then rises this big phantom like thing with the black lantern symbol on its chest before it destroys this uh, model of the Earth. So, this, you know, symbolism and stuff. Why a black. Why the white star?
0: Uh, well, the white star is the forest. In star Wars.
1: Ah, that's right. They did mention the forest.
0: Um, and it just occurred to me, but. You know, like, for a while now, we've been, you know, guessing that. The. You know, like, the champion of life, the new avatar of life, is going to be Swamp Thing. Mm hmm. If that's the case, then. I would I would, I would, would be willing to bet money that the Dark Avatar is going to be like uh, Antoine or King.
1: I know a little bit of Swamp Thing from a little bit of the TV show that I've seen back in the day and or the movies.
0: Was there a TV show? Uh,
1: uh-huh. Yeah, movies. yeah.
0: There was it's a TV show also.
1: Lord, I don't remember it. Okay, but <clears throat> I mean I know his name, but did he have any other kind of powers? I mean
0: – Oh, he will – he was, like, heavily into, I think, magic and, like, you know, chemistry and things of that nature to figure out a way to live forever. Okay. So, I, you know, because I'm looking at this dark avatar and I'm like, hmm. Like, I wonder. That probably could be him. That'd be interesting.
1: He's, he's dead, right?
0: I would, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is.
1: Hmm. Dark avatar.
0: Now, on to issue 20.
1: Yes, let's close out with issue 20.
0: Uh, issue 20 of Brightest Day, the Black Manta strikes. Um, Aquaman... Not, nah, Aquaman. Dead Man shows up on the beach where the Aqua War is happening. <laughs> and he's he's not really happy about that because he knows what's about to happen. Aqua Aqualad uses his electricity powers to cauterize Aquaman's hand wound. Um... And uh, before that, before Black Black Manta is just about to kill Aqualad and uh, Aquaman. The...
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Both. Both.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's trying to kill both. Well, he's trying to kill Aquaman, and Aqualad saves him. And then he's about to kill Aqualad. and that's when Mera and Aqua Girl come on in. It is Aqua Girl, right? I, mm. I keep on forgetting. I
1: I believe so. Not an yeah. expert, but uh, yeah, Aqua Girl.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they start taking everybody out, and, uh, you know, they have no idea how they're going to be able to fight off all of these, Z- Z- what are they, Zeta? Zedians? Zedians? Zebelians, Z-
1: Zibelians.
0: Um, and that's when Mara, like, she uses all the strength that she has to take all of the water, you know, that's in the on the, uh, shoreline, pull it up into one giant wave, and then... She uses the water to snatch up all of the soldiers and fling them out into sea. Uh, and uh, this this much, you know, mental power, you know, over water requires, you know, it's such a strain on her that she's like bleeding from the eyes, ears, nose. But she gets it done, and now they have to, you know, fight all these people back to the Bermuda Triangle. So that's where Aquaman comes in with his. Telepathic ability to command dead fish, and uh, they start attacking and you know they fight and they get them back to the Bermuda Triangle. and uh, Aqualad uses his you know keystone powers or whatever to lock them in there. You know, all the you know, the, the, this four foursome Aquaman, Aqualad, Mera, and Aqua Girl. You know, they're all, like, you know, from, of two worlds, and they don't really have a place anywhere, so they'll, like, kind of form a family with each other, and, you know, be together, and, uh, closes with Aquaman, you know, kissing Mera, and his, his mission is accomplished, and that's when Dead Man kind of, you know, pops over, and he's like, no, I don't want to do this, Aquaman, get out of here, and, uh... The ring zaps Aquaman, and he just kind of dissolves into water.
1: Oh, man, I'm just catching that. I see his face now. I didn't catch that before. What? His face is in the bubbles. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't catch that before. Mm-hmm. Hey, they cheated. They didn't put him in his White Lantern uniform when he got his life returned. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah, his belt buckle. I didn't yeah. even catch that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not white. You can still see the green. And the orange. But yeah, his belt buckle did change. Good issue once again in these splash pages, which is yeah, one after the other, but...
0: Yeah, it, again, this was a very quick issue. It was good. The art was great. You know, it, it read very quickly, but it was enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and Black Manta's not going to win Father of the Year.
0: No. Oh, and yeah, before he, you know, leaves, he says he'll be out eventually, and he's coming to kill Aqualad.
1: Yeah. So Got him in front of you.
0: Some some Star Wars Darth Vader action going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting because this issue like shows like Mera's power level like I've never seen it before.
1: Yeah, she she really pushed herself.
0: Yeah, that's like that's craziness.
1: And that was an awesome two-page it's another two-page splash but she literally like the whole, <clears throat> the whole ocean, the whole beach for like – I mean that's got to be like two miles worth of underwater uh, – sea bottom you can see with how far she's holding all that water back. And then on top of that, she makes tendrils out of the water and starts picking up the ships and the people and drawing them back into the ocean.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now with this issue, at the end, you see Aquaman as he's dissolving into water. And now all of a sudden, the puzzle pieces start coming together. You have the Hawks, Hawkman and Hawk Girl, dissolve into the air. Aquaman is dissolved into water. And if you think about it, now who who are the other you know remaining special White Lanterns?
1: Well, you have- if if you go back to that panel in the last issue where the ring is explaining the mm, eighteen, where's nineteen? Sorry, I grabbed the wrong issue. If you go back to that panel in issue 19 where the White Ring is explaining the uh, people with the uh, significant purpose, you have Firestorm mm-hmm. and Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. And Firestorm alone in his name – by his name alone, you can tell what element he represents. Yes. And then Martian Manhunter is running around with a piece of rock in his chest or on his chest. So yes. there's, your, there's your earth.
0: Yes, you have the four elements be interesting to see where they go with that but that's definitely what they're going for now so you know now from that perspective and the fact that when they disappear their life force is being purified you know it's kind of giving us hope that maybe these characters aren't gone for good when they dissolve like that
1: yeah they'll, they'll be back and it's kind of funny because if you look at it in in a different perspective you can actually say that this purifying of these characters is is John's or DC's way of getting getting rid of the the old stigmas and the old things about them and moving these characters on to new and better things.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would buy that. That's you know,
1: trying to bump up their status in the DCU from being B characters up to A's
0: or B up to A minus.
1: <laughs> or I guess, well. See, I'm not really a DC fan, so I'm not really sure where these characters lie. I know, like Martian Manhunter and the Hawk. Well, Martian Manhunter couldn't really hold his own series for a while. I'm not really sure about the other ones, though. Uh,
0: most most of the the B-list characters can hold a series for like a certain amount of issues, and then you know, as history shows, they almost always you know end up burning out. But they they hold their own for a little while.
1: So the ring has a plan.
0: Uh, okay. So that's it for now. We have like what two more issues in the the series when this is recorded?
1: Uh yeah, 22 just came out so then we've got 23 and a double sized 24.
0: Okay. So hopefully we won't we won't go too long before this another brightest day episode.
1: Oh no, another month or so and it's it's over. I'm curious to see if this is going to Somehow in any way Interact with what's going on in Green Lantern With the entities You know all of them being gathered together I mean You would assume the White Lantern would have Something to say or to to do about that as well So I'm looking forward to it
0: Yeah, Possibly or maybe Possibly not because You know the White Lantern is so concerned with Like you know the new champion And itself dying
1: True and and going back to Blackest Night a little bit, when it comes to the light, you know, yeah, there was darkness and then there was light, and then the light splintered into the different colors, which is where we get the entities from. So, I mean, are, it, are the entities going to be needed for this new white entity to be born or created or whatever? I mean, is it going to be related somehow since those colors all came from, you know, life, white, the white light?
0: doubt it but it's a possibility we'll have to wait and see right. uh, okay so uh, if anybody wants to email us you can do so at lanterncast at gmail.com or you can go to our website uh, at lanterncast.com uh, they, from there you can go to our forums our Facebook page uh, we have a gallery tutorials we got news episodes it's all broken down really nice over there now we have a Twitter account that's also on the website. If you'd like to get in touch with us uh, individually, it's uh, our names at lanterncast.com. Uh, Corwin, what if they want to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, they can just find me on the forums is the easiest way. Uh, you'll see me definitely hanging around the Lantern Cast forums. Also, part of the Cultural Wormhole uh, group, you'll see them also on the forums. I have my Merc Report pod- podcast that comes out every month, talking about the Deadpool books. Uh, Avenger stuff is still in the works, some reformatting going on, but you'll hear more about that in the future.
0: Cool, very cool. If you want to leave us a voicemail about this episode or anything else in general with Green Lantern, you can do so with 206-202-1159. And, uh, oh, yeah, the one last thing is that after Brightest Day, there's going to be a three-issue miniseries detailing like i guess the dc's reaction to the new protector of life
1: uh yes what was it called again um i'm the one who made the post on it too and i totally i think it's
0: i think the series is going to be called dc milks you for even more money (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) no
1: you know what it is Especially if you realize that it's three issues as well. Previews are how many months in advance Um, when it comes to pre-ordering your books or even previewing books?
0: Three months. It's about three months.
1: Three months. This is a placeholder for something is what I'm thinking. It's going to be – I don't think it's going to be anything. I'm not really interested in it much, but I don't think it's going to be anything huge or major.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, they're they're postponing. They're just, they're biding their time until they can reveal reveal who it is and and what's really going to happen. So after these three issues, I think we may have something bigger coming. Ah,
0: that makes sense. Uh, And it's called The Search.
1: Yeah, so Hmm. what the heck are they going to be searching for?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Searching for more of your money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on a whole so far, I'm, I'm... I'm satisfied with Brightest Day. Me too. I mean, there's characters I like more than others, of course, but overall the story is winding down, and I'm liking the direction. I'm liking what we've seen so far. Hopefully it'll all make sense at the very end.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, This this has definitely been a very enjoyable series, (sighs) although I wonder if, like, once this series is over, depending on how it turns out, Uh, I wonder if it will be less enjoyable to new readers if they already know, like, what they're searching for in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, right now, we have no idea what they're looking for. What what the
1: answer is, yeah.
0: Right, right. You know, if somebody, you know, finds out before, you know, before reading this whole series, I, I feel like that might take away from some of the enjoyment.
1: Yeah. I can uh, yeah, I can agree with that and hopefully when they do the collected editions they don't just ruin it because it really ticks me off sometimes like uh what was somebody just reading the other day like even final crisis like the final crisis trade and hardcover mm-hmm. dead splat on the cover is superman holding batman's corpse. You know they, they they ruin it sometimes when it comes to the trades and there was something else more recently that somebody was reading and the cover just completely spoiled it i can't even remember what it was now but things like that so yeah hopefully they don't do anything dumb like that and just give away because so, not everybody's like how we are always online always on the forum keeping up with the news and different things going on in the comic book world so you know people were picking these things up in trade hopefully it'll stay a surprise
0: hopefully Okay, doke i think that's gonna do it for us
1: all right definitely till next time
0: so long everybody
1: good night